So in a 53-point blowout win, you can't possibly think that there are turning points in the game, but there are, and we discuss them here on Turning Point Tuesday here on Locked On Bearcats. Our Locked On Bearcats, your daily podcast on the Cincinnati Bearcats, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Thank you so much for making Lockdown Bearcats your first listen of every day. We are free and available everywhere you get your podcasts and on YouTube. Don't forget to subscribe and follow us to get an alert every time we drop a new episode. Alex Frank here with you, your host each and every day. As the Cincinnati Bearcats are coming off a 63-10 to victory over Kennesaw State on Saturday and are preparing for the battle for the victory bell on Saturday, this coming Saturday against Miami of Ohio. Luke Fickle will speak later today to the assembled Bearcats media, and his radio show is also tonight at 8 o'clock. That can be heard on ESPN 1530 live from the original Montgomery Inn. Anyway, back to the show. Turning Point Tuesday, we call it every Tuesday, the turning points from the Bearcats 63-10 to win over Kennesaw State. You may not think that there are a lot of turning points in a 53-point blowout win, but there actually are. If you go deeper into the game, if you go deeper into the scoring chart, if you go deeper into the play-by-play, you'll find some turning points. And I found four of them as WLWT news anchor Mike Dardis told me a football game can be decided in three to four plays. So here we go. We've got the biggest turning points of the game For the Bearcats against Kennesaw State. We will start with the blocked field goal by Deshaun Pace midway through the first quarter, 7.06 to play. I thought that sort of kind of ended the pregame jitters. Remember Cincinnati, um, to start the game, the Bearcats, I believe they punted on their first possession. Um, If I'm not mistaken, Cincinnati... Yeah, they punted on their first possession. Kennesaw State then got it. Kennesaw State was forced to punt, but there was a roughing the kicker. And you're thinking, oh, this could this is a bad start. Kennesaw State lines up for a field goal try. Deshaun Pace blocks it, and the Bearcats get the ball. Game is still scoreless. And I'm not saying if Kennesaw State scores there, they go on to win the game or keep it competitive. What I am saying is, you know, you're coming off a loss to Arkansas in, the, in a big game that really was eight months of anticipation leading up to it. And, you know, now it's that you're getting off to a slow start against Kennesaw State, an FCS team. And that was, you know, a little unsettling. But as it turned out, it wasn't like Murray State last year. So the Bearcats were able to overcome that roughing the kicker penalty. They were able to set the tone. And got the whole team going. They really did. And then it translates to Jabari. uh, Actually, I'm going off off the rails there. I don't need to go there just yet. So, the Bearcats score a touchdown on their possession. Ben Bryant to Josh Wiley. And the Bearcats were off and running from there. But the blocked field goal really was a turning point early on in the game. Because if Kennesaw State scores and makes that kick, it's 3 nothing, And then the Bearcats, you know, are down. Kennesaw State kicks off. You know, I'm not sure if Trey Tucker 
you know, runs it back for a good return. You got to get the offense going, trailing, you know, in the first quarter against an FCS team. But instead, Cincinnati clamped down. Despite 10 penalties, including one roughing the kicker, you know, I, I'm still, I still think that that was a big turning point early on in the game. Now, that was the only turning point of the first half. Bearcats led 21-3. to Now, if you remember last year against Murray State, it was 7-7. to And I say this because Murray State's an FCS school at Kennesaw State. But the Bearcats, you know, hadn't really put them away. Like, that game, 21-3, to all right, Kennesaw State's got the ball to start the second half. And I'm not trying to talk them up like they're an SEC team. I'm just saying that that game should have been a lot more lopsided than 21 to 3. But then came Jabari Taylor's fumble recovery for a touchdown. Sort of the end all be all of the game. Because the Bearcats came out and said this game is over. And what really stood out to me on that fumble was who forced it, who caused it. Dante Corleone and Eric Phillips, two players who are going to be huge depth pieces to this defensive line. Dante Corleone is an athlete. For his size, he's an athlete. Eric Phillips, he can generate pressure. You know, let's not forget, I mean, he's already off to a fast start this season. A fumble recovery in Fayetteville and a fumble forced in this game. So he's looking to take the ball away. He's looking to cause turnovers. And that's what you want from this defense. And for Jabari Taylor, one of the anchors of this D-line, to run it back for a touchdown, you know, you saw three prominent members of the Bearcats defensive line run it back and put the Bearcats up 28-3, to and that told Kennesaw State they had no chance of making a comeback in the game. And again, it was an incredible defensive performance by Cincinnati. Only holding Kennesaw State to 143 rushing yards. A total that the that they had not had since 2015. Because Kennesaw State had 73 straight games with, with over 150 yards rushing. Bearcats snapped that streak on uh, Saturday. So, again, defense and special teams account for 75% of the turning points today. Three of the four. The blocked field goal to get the Bearcats going early, which... Now, let's be honest. I mean, they they didn't they struggled to get going once again, just like they did in Fayetteville last week, or or at least get on the scoreboard. But Jabari Taylor's touchdown really was the end all be all. And you win a game sixty three to ten, you're doing something right against an FCS team. Now I said that was to be still believe that, but they still went out there and took care of business, and they looked really good in doing so. And special teams and defense contributed to the win. And they contributed to some turning points in the game. Speaking of defense, another player stepped into the spotlight for the first time in three years. Really feels that way. We'll get into it after a word from Upside. From cringing at the pump to getting an eye-popping check at your favorite restaurant, inflation is hitting us all where it hurts. And it really hurts, let me tell you. That's why I started using Upside, an incredible app for anyone who buys gas, groceries, or dines out, which I do a lot of both, or actually all three. With every purchase, I'm earning cash back thanks to Upside. Here's how to get started. Download the free Upside app and use promo code LOCKED 
and get $5 or more cash back on your first purchase of $10 or more. Next, claim an offer for whatever you're buying on Upside. Check in at the business, pay as usual with a credit or debit card and get paid. In comparison to credit card rewards or loyalty programs, you can earn three times more cash back with Upside. Upside users are earning more than a million dollars every week. That's probably why they have a 4.8 star rating on the App Store. Just saying. Download the free Upside app and use promo code LOCK to get $5 or more cash back on your first purchase of $10 or more. That's $5 or more cash back on your first purchase of $10 or more using promo code LOCKED. Locked on Bearcats on a Tuesday, September 13th. God, it's already September 13th. Jeez. Alex Frank here with you, your host each and every day. What a great week of football uh, in Cincinnati. I, I, I mean, I, we are in a full swing of college football, which college football has been tremendous so far this season. Alabama-Texas was a great game despite the officiating. Um, two Sunbelt teams knocked knock down two top 10 teams on the road. And... BYU over Baylor in a classic. I mean, we we are rolling. Texas Tech over Houston in a classic. I mean, we are rolling right along. And, you know, I know a lot of people in Cincinnati are probably still upset, frustrated the way the Bengals lost to Pittsburgh on Sunday. But honestly, I'm they didn't deserve to win. But they played hard. They gave themselves a chance. And I, I still feel the same way about the Bengals that I do than I did coming into the season. Anyway. I still feel I still feel really good about the Bearcats. I still feel really good about them running the table. You know, the rest of the way. They got 10 games remaining. Saturday, next up, game three, Miami of Ohio. Big, big week, rivalry week, battle for the victory bell, game three of the season. Um, let's go back to the turning points. Turning point Tuesday. Again, again, in a 63 to 10 win, you're not gonna really um definitively be able to say that's a turning point, that was a turning point because it's a blowout. But there are turning points in the game. We can make them as such. So Javon Hicks, his pick six. Javon Hicks, I've always been a big fan of. He burst onto the scene in 2019, filling in for an injured James Wiggins. And he was thrusted into the spotlight right away. I mean, Javon Hicks is thrusted into the starting lineup for the season opener in 2019 against UCLA, a game on ESPN. And he was phenomenal that night. Forced a fumble in the first quarter. If we were doing a turning point Tuesday of that game, that would be probably turning point number one, the forced fumble by Hicks. And then he also added an interception late. And he became a ball magnet for Cincinnati. He was first team all conference for a reason. Um, Really impressive kid from Lakota West. I'm sorry, Cole Rain, excuse me. Played for Tom Bolden, who now coaches at Lakota West, of course. So tremendous performance from him with the pick six. Uh, first pick six of the year for Cincinnati. First interception of the year. First time Hicks really has made his presence known since 2019. It's interesting because as Sauce and Kobe became, you know, great and dominant and Brian Cook emerged as a draft, as an NFL caliber player in the secondary, we kind of forgot about Javon Hicks a little bit. But without him... Um, this Bearcats defense wouldn't be where it is, especially this season. I think about Javon Hicks, and I listen, I I really like the kid. I think he's a great, you know, piece in the secondary, a leader. And finally it felt good to see him after years of just 
being overshadowed by Gardner and Bryant and Wiggins when he came back in 2020, and maybe Curtis Brooks on the defensive line. You know, we forgot about what he did in 2019 to come in and replace James Wiggins and be able to make a difference. You know, that was a a major development in 2019. It's it, it's a big reason why the Bearcats won 11 games, got to the conference championship. And for him to finally burst back onto the scene, because he's going to have to be a leader this year in the secondary. There are great, there are um, some good players. Jaquan Shepard's having a nice start to the season. Brian Threats is having a nice start to the season. Same too with, um, same too with, uh, those are really your two guys. But at the same too with Taj Ward, you know, same with anybody who has stepped up in the secondary. It's a revamped look. But Javon Hicks getting his opportunity with that pick six was huge. And ruined a promising drive start for Kennesaw State. It made the score 42 to 3. The game was the game was already over. It was 35-3. But at that point, Cincinnati was playing for style points. And again, we talk about nine different players scoring. Nine different players scoring for Cincinnati. It shows the depth that this team has. And part of that is Javon Hicks, a guy who has been lost in the shuffle over the last two years, now finally getting his chance. And I guarantee you this won't be the last time you see him make a, make a big play in the game. The next time you'll see him do it, though, will be in a marquee game, a conference game, maybe a conference championship game, you'll see him be, you'll see him make a big play. I guarantee it. You know, that is where I think where I think he's at. I think he's going to make more plays like that. It may not be a pick 6, but when he was arguably that defense's best player in 2019 in terms of momentum swinging with the turnovers that he caused and the fact that he did force all those turnovers you could argue he was their best defensive player. If not the best, certainly the most opportunistic. All right, final turning point of the game, Evan Prater's rushing touchdown. The third rushing touchdown of his career, it capped off an impressive drive by Cincinnati. It capped off a really good day for Evan Prater, where he passed for 92 yards, ran for – how many more yards did he run for? Um – Passed for 92 and ran for 44. All of those coming on the touchdown. It was 4-4, apparently. Ben Bryant, by the way, 16 of 19 for 201 and three touchdowns. So, tremendous performance by him in a backup role. And I, I truly wonder if this has created more questions about the quarterback battle. Because one of the storylines, one of the things to watch going into the game against the, the Owls this past weekend was if the game was a blowout, which I think we all reasonably thought it was going to be, could Evan Prater come in and, and you know, we were going to see him get some really extended playing time. And we were going to ask ourselves if it was going to be if that could, you know, change the narrative of this quarterback battle. I don't think it did, but 
from what I saw from Evan Prater, accounting for 136 total yards, not bad. I mean, Ben Bryan just throwing it out there, threw for 201, rushed for minus 14. Now, those came on sacks, but Evan Prater almost hit Ben Bryant's total yards running and throwing. So, a lot to like with Ben Bryant and Evan Prater. And another reason why this might be a turning point is perhaps it could change the narrative of the quarterback battle, or it could generate more questions, more conversations. We'll get into it next after a word from two of our sponsors. All right, so let's talk about the quarterback battle again. I know we talked about this every day leading up to the season, but now it's a good thing that there's a quarterback battle and there and there is this, you know, underlying story that perhaps Evan Prater, you know, the questions are going to keep coming. Are you planning to use Evan Prater? You know, is Ben Bryant still the starter? I don't think it's going to get there, but it could. There are legitimate questions that can be asked about this quarterback battle. Legitimate questions. Because now you've seen Evan Prater is, in fact, a really good player. But you know you've got a reliable guy in Ben Bryant. The Bearcats got this quarterback battle right. And why they did. You know, I said earlier this offseason that Evan Prater made the most sense because you wouldn't only be focused on this year, but also 2023 in the Big 12. Well, as it turns out, the Bearcats choosing Ben Bryan to be the starter is the best thing for this season and going forward into the Big 12. Because if Ben Bryan continues to perform, continues to improve, and I got the sense, and I have the sense that he is, if he continues to improve and perform, he could play himself into being a potential NFL draft pick. And if that happens, Evan Prater slides right into be the starter. Don't try and tell me that Brady Lichtenberg is going to be in competition with Evan Prater to start. Because I will tell you right now, that's not going to happen. So you have the hope that Ben Bryant's going to continue to improve. You have the starter right. Ben Bryant's reliable. He's going to be efficient. He's got to work on his deep ball accuracy still, but short field intermediate, he's just fine, as we saw on Saturday. But now you know you've got hope for the future should Bryant leave after this year with Evan Prater. Evan Prater is progressing at a really, really good level, and he has been throwing some darts. He threw some darts on Saturday. His four completions, 26, 19, 32, and 15 yards each. That's pretty dang good. So now we've seen that going with Ben Bryant, again, it's not only right for this season, but it's also the right one for the future after this season. Because if Ben Bryant continues to improve, he's going to have a good opportunity on Saturday, on Saturday to do it again. You're playing on an NF, you're playing at an NFL stadium, Paycor Stadium, home of the Bengals, and you're playing against an arch rival. So how you can lead your team in the battle against your biggest rival That's going to be a challenge, and we need to see him do that, his mental fortitude in that game. 
And we're going to see it against Indiana. By the way, the the kickoff times or at least potential times have been announced. Really stupid how they're doing it. But anyway, um, it's either going to be a 3.30 or 4 o'clock kick. If it's 3.30, likely on ESPN2. I really hope that's the case. If it's at 4, it'll be on ESPNU. That is Saturday, the 24th of December, the fourth and the final non-conference game of the season. That game's already been sold out. Looking forward to seeing that game between the Bearcats and the Hoosiers. So he's going to have a chance against, the, you know, another Power 5 opponent. He's going to have a chance at conference play when, you know, the grind really sets in. You're going to see, you know, how he continues to perform. We saw him against Arkansas. I'd say for the most part he passed that test. Maybe give him a C, C-. minus. Against Kennesaw City, looked really good. I'll say a B plus. Now we got Miami. Actually, I might be underselling it with a B plus. I'll say maybe A minus. We got Miami this weekend. Miami is always going to be a tough opponent. It's a rival. But you've played two games. So you know what to expect from this rivalry. I really think Cincinnati can crush Miami. I think Ben Bryant... Is going, to have an, is going to have a good afternoon. If he goes out there and goes 24 of 32 or 24 of 35 even for 280 yards and two touchdowns and no picks, that's, that's going to be a really good performance to build off of. Now, I say all of this with the quarterback battle because I really want to see Evan Prater get a chance to play in Cincinnati. And the more blowout games the Bearcats are in, the more times Evan Prater is going to get to take the field. And that is absolutely massive for this Bearcats team because he's your, high, he's your highest rated recruit in program history on offense. Why would you not want, I mean, how could you not want to see this kid play? Especially every time he's come into the game in mop-up duty, he's been really, really good. Really good. And that's why I think that the more he continues to play, there could be additional and new questions about this quarterback battle. It will be very interesting in a few hours from now if it is asked at Luke Fickle's press conference. If Dan and Jim ask him about it tonight on the on his radio on Luke Fickle's radio show. Like I'm really interested in seeing if is this now a reborn conversation? I don't even think it's reborn. I think it's just a continuing conversation. And that's with Ben Bryant having a really solid performance on Saturday. But the deeper he goes into this season, he's going to be entering uncharted territory. And what I mean by that is, you know, yes, he's played a full season at Eastern Michigan, but not in a program like Cincinnati where every game truly has some significance riding on it. Right now, Cincinnati is fighting for a New Year's six spot. Houston, who just lost. BYU, who's really good. And very well could be that New Year's Six representative from the group of five and independent. So, actually, no, they would, uh, no, Cincinnati could get in addition to them. But you're going to have to keep an eye on them. Because, you know, they are good. And they, you know, could be a measuring stick for Cincinnati right now. Because they are going to be Big 12 members next year. So, again, hard to pinpoint turning points in a 53-point loss. Or win, rather, did I say loss? God, Lee, excuse me. 53-point win and 
but you could but you can go deeper into the the scoring chart, the scoring summary, and the box score. The blocked field goal got the Bearcats going after some pregame jitters. You know that was a turning point at the start of the game. Jabari Taylor's fumble return for a touchdown to start the second half. Forced fumble by two players who are really making strides this year on the defensive line. And then recovered and scored by a player supposed to be one of the anchors of the D-line. And then I look at the um, interception return for a touchdown by Javon Hicks. Finally got to see him make a play like that for the first time really in three years. After years of being overshadowed, is he now the face of the secondary? He could be. And then Evan Prater's touchdown, which, you know, completely put the game away, but also showed that, yeah, Evan Prater can play. And there just might be some new questions about this quarterback situation in Cincinnati. On tomorrow's show, the film review and takeaways from the Bearcats win at Kennesaw State. There were still 10 penalties in the game. wonder why that was the case. We'll find out in our film review tomorrow. Then on Thursday, we look ahead to the Miami Redhawks. Battle for the Victory Bell game preview on Friday. Recap of the game up by 10 o'clock, or rather uh, 6 o'clock on Saturday, given Saturday, given that it is a three uh, noon kickoff. Man, I'm losing my thoughts today. Noon kickoff today. Looking forward to that. So lots to look forward to here on Lockdown Bearcats. Don't forget to follow us on YouTube. Of course, subscribe on YouTube. Don't forget, you can follow me on Twitter at Frankie underscore Natty with two N's and an ATI. You can follow me on Instagram, AlexFrank9 underscore, or email me at Alex3Frank at gmail.com. Hey, thanks for making Lockdown Bearcats your first listen every day. We are part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day. Now, get more on the Big 12 by making Lockdown Big 12 your second listen. Everyday host Josh Neighbors and the local experts of Lockdown take you across the conference in 30 minutes. Lockdown Big 12 is your second listen. That's Lockdown Big 12. For Lockdown Bearcats, I'm Alex Frank. Have a great rest of your day. Enjoy if, if you're going to the, to the Luke Fickle radio show tonight at the original Montgomery Inn. Enjoy that. Um, just have a great rest of your day in general. Week one of the NFL season's in the books. What a wild week it was. We got week two coming up. We got college football. Game day going to Appalachian State for the first time ever. Looking forward to seeing that scene on Saturday after their big win over Texas A&M. Football season's in full swing, and we're here, and we're here to have some fun. For Lockdown Bearcats, I'm Alex Frank. Have a great, great rest of your day, and I will talk to you all tomorrow.